everyone and welcome to the mtg painful truths podcast this is episode number 22 i'm your host Britt wagner joining me as always is cole cartman cole how have you been good bud i've been doing good you know just uh playing some more magic lately which has been a lot of fun yeah yeah same uh that's what we'll be talking about of course uh we're gonna go over the rcq events uh both of us played a pioneer that i played solo in modern and then we're gonna talk a little bit about some new hotness in titan and then uh update with us in the in the upcoming team event which actually from the time of this recording is like 10 days away yeah next weekend right it's right around the corner uh but yeah we'll go over all that so let's go ahead jump right into uh to the pioneer rcq uh that we both played in uh you you took uh mono blue spirits yourself and i played old trusty lotus field combo uh so i don't know how to like so we obviously if you if you listen to this podcast before you knew that for the team trio events uh tyler would be in the legacy seat uh we talked about cole being in the modern seat and then myself being in the pioneer seat uh, but if you heard last week, Mikey suggested that, uh, we're going to be that he, that he, that we should switch seats, that me and Cole should switch seats. Cole should be in the pioneer seat playing a spirits, uh, variation and then have me in the center seat playing, uh, Amy the Titan. Normally I don't like to do this, but I think we're actually going to listen to Mikey, uh, <laughs> for, uh, for the team event we're uh, i'm gonna probably most likely do like mikey said play titan and cole you'll be playing spirits that's if there was we... a if there was an audio button i could click to um because there there was a point and we'll, we'll talk about it too but there, there's a point in was it last podcast episode was that with mikey was yeah episode 21 in episode 21 that i that i say that brent sent to me like randomly <laughs> Brent was like yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it here in a minute once, once I get more in depth but it's, it's just funny yeah uh, so Cole this maybe this kind of led up to it but we, we drove we drove to the RCQ together and you brought up uh, th- what Mikey said uh, about switching seats I was like yeah that, that'd be okay because I've been um I, I would say, as much as I like Yawgmoth, I, I do think Amatai, it has been, um, is a better deck right now in the field. For, for me, it was less that. It was more, okay. it, it, it was more of success rate. Like, sure. I, I could have been playing four color, right? But if, but if my success rate, to me, like, I do x amount of rcqs and do very poorly like i just uh, i felt that you had you had done a lot better than i had in a lot more rcqs and like even just lately like your success rate for the game in general has been a lot better and then that was my big thing thinking about switching seats was like Pioneers on a hard format. Like, I hate to break it to anybody that thinks it's really, really tough. Uh, it's not. 
at least from what I at least from what I played at the RCQ that we went to, it's not like an incredibly complicated. Like there's a lot of times that I felt like mess ups weren't end all be all. Yeah. Where like modern feels very much like like ver- like excluding Mono Green because Mono Green felt very much like like if they do the thing you you can't win. For the most part, depending on what you're playing. Sure, yeah. But, like, with four color, if I'm on Yawgmoth and I, like, slip up once, like, it's probably over. Or if I did keep the bet, like, there are a lot of things in Modern to me that, like, you could screw up on at a minute level that will just kill you. And now we have this cre- creativity deck that's really taking off, you know, with Archon and stuff, and I just don't. There's a there's a lot more decks to me in modern to learn versus pioneer, which which seems weird because pioneer to me feels like the format where you'd want to brew more in because it's easier to brew into that format, but to me it feels like pioneer like people just don't care to brew in it and kind of people are like what is set is set, like the best decks are green and red and like phoenix, and boom here you go and then you can play like these five other decks but that's it. Or Rakdos. Rakdos is, like, considered one of the best decks in the format. So, like, you know going to an event that you're gonna... Your percentage of running into those decks is a lot higher versus, like, Brent and I have done a lot of talking because Brent was on the fence about playing something else. Uh, I had talked to him, I was like, you don't, like, there's a chance that we play six rounds and you see four color once. Even at day two. Like, they're, like, we... (laughs) So, this could sound really... So I got a new job, uh, which has been something. So now we're going to record podcasts more because my new job allows it. Uh, and at my new job, I do a lot of things with dogs. And while I'm doing things with dogs, I've decided that I would listen to some of our older episodes. Because who doesn't like to hear me talk except for me? So, I'm sure all of our listeners do it, too. They'll just like, you know, that was a great episode. Let's go back and wa- let's listen to it again. Yeah, so it's been pretty interesting going back and listening to what we've talked about uh, prior. And I'm talking about, like, I went back, like, like Hunter Burton before then and stuff like that. And there was a point where we had talked about, and this one was pretty recent, was the event that Tyler went to that he, like, got 12th. I know I'm going to say it wrong, and he's going to make fun of me. Because in, the, in, the, in one of the episodes, he literally made fun of us because none of us got his position right. Uh, uh, yeah. And the dream hack, I think is what it was. Yeah, it was the dream hack event where he did. Yeah, and he... and But but in, but the important thing here is you talked about the best the deck that had the best conversion rate into day two, which was Mill, where he lost... Te- technically. But he lost one game, which was a big deal. So, and that's what I'm getting at is, like, and also with team events, it throws in the other thing of, like, your modern player could lose every round. But your legacy and pioneer player could win every round. Like, I've seen that happen. I've I've seen teams where, like, their modern player wins, like, two rounds. Or their pioneer player, or I guess back in the day. Their standard player wins, like, uh... Actually, uh, back in Dominaria Standard, you know, when people were fairy looping each other with Nexus, <laughs> you know, as you do, 
um, you know, like standard players have finished like one game by the time the modern legacy seed had already finished their set. And that's still kind of true to this day for the most, like there's a lot of legacy decks that people are going to play that are just fast. Right. Um, reanimator. I know Tyler, and we're going to probably talk about it too. Uh, had talked to us, or at least me. I don't know if he talked to you, Brent, about it. Uh, about possibly switching to Shadow, which uh, I said was I think he's a good player, and I think Shadow requires a higher skill level. Um, I think I'm not going to shit on any deck because I think everything in Legacy requires a pretty high skill level. Because I've played Legacy for a while, and I played Hogak, and I thought Hogak was just going to be the simple like the modern deck was, and it's not. There's a lot of, like, game one, it's, it's the same thing every time, but game two and three is, like, the hardest thing on the planet. <laughs> sure. The dredge problem. <laughs> yeah, basically, like, game one, you're like, wow, that was we finished in five seconds. That was crazy. And I won. And then game two and three, you're like, what the fuck is Leyline of the Void? <laughs> um, but, like, Tyler's a good player, and I think Shadow is a rewarding deck to good players, so I think that'd be good for him. But... Like a lot of decks in Legacy require a skill gap or and and or finish very fast. Uh, even like Delver, I've seen Delver win games like really fast. And in Modern, I think actually Modern is a slower format of three currently because like Pioneer, like I think Rakdos is technically one of the slowest decks in the format, but still like kind of just closes games like pretty fast because you just play like Blood Tithe Harvester and what's the stupid werewolf. Uh, oh my gosh, the uh, the three the mana good, one, the really good one, yeah, or uh, the best red card of all time. Um, uh, by the way, Brent, while I was looking at a league earlier in the Pioneer League, because I was just kind of doing it, or that challenge, there was a red green deck that played uh, Fable. <laughs> okay. Or it was mono green, but it's flash red for Fable. Uh, as our buddy Andrew Solano has said, you can't play red unless you play Fable, or you can't play. Yeah, you can't play Red unless you play Fable. Right. <laughs> um, God, I wish I recorded that whole fucking thing. That was so oh, funny. That was so hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but going on, yeah, so like... You're going to be piloting a deck that's going to be relatively fast. But the thing about your deck, and I've seen it happen a lot, is like you have a lot of times where like you're going to do a thing, but it's really important, so you have to take your time. Right. And there's a lot of modern decks that do that, where they're like, they win fast, but the point to get there takes a minute, because it's like, alright, how do I not fuck this up? <laughs> sure, yeah. So, I don't know, I got off tangent, I don't know where I was getting with all that, but... God, what was the point of all that? I don't know. Uh, oh, no, it's, fi it's fine. Uh, because we, we were just mostly talking... I I mean, originally I led off on like let's talk about the RCQ event. <laughs> yes, I know. And then we both went on this this tangential journey. Together. Well, I know you talked about um, us talking about switching because of Mikey. Right. Well, it was yeah. We kind of teased that idea ourselves too, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But it it seems like oh, I remember we we talked about um, or I had brought up that you had sent me a, a voice memo or something or like a recording of one of the prior episodes of what I've said. Oh, Either sure. way, this, uh, this RCQ was, was quite an experience for me, at least. Um, we're going to let Brent start off first. Cause unfortunately the good brother didn't do 
too great. No, no, I didn't. And and part of me, and, and real quick, I I think like Lotus Field is, and maybe it's just me or the wish variation of the deck, but I don't think it's good. Like I I, I don't think it's in a good spot right now. So that's that was also a big part of this decision where. I will say this: this RCQ was basically because so I had gone to the RCQ as kind of like a fuck it. <laughs> like yes, yeah. Like that was kind of how we treated it. Was like Brent was going, and I love Brent, and I was like, I want to be around Brent. I don't get to hang out with him all that often, so I was like, how do I go do this? Well, fuck it, Pioneer's not that hard. Brent gave me a deck, which there's a there's gonna be a fucking important part we're gonna bring up. And Brent knows damn well what I'm gonna bring up this fucking thing about some sleeves. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that was great. Oh, oh my god, I oh okay, but um. <laughs> But it, it was kind of just a fucking moment. Like, I knew a lot of our buddies were going to be there. Roger, who listens to the podcast. Uh, right, yep. Uh, Tyler, Jacob goes to all these things with his buddies, which I love Jacob to death. Uh, bringing, you up, bringing you up again in this fucking every episode. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andrew, who I never get to see. I love that man to death. There's a lot of other people that I had seen and talk to like jet uh some of the competitive grinders in here jet andrew solano um other other grinders like that who are good guys that we got to hang out with so so it was nice just to go but like i said to me my modern rcqs were kind of in the negative i mean not kind of they were i don't think like i really came out with no i guess the the one i lost to kalen was pretty positive that was yeah that the most recent one yeah. yeah so i guess our rcqs weren't like like the first one we did at fucking what at brick house or whatever oh up and didn't yeah that won't yeah oh, oh to leave yeah that was you, but you, you, you to our merit of you doing well now i remember what i was talking about earlier was uh, your success rate and why I, I think you should be in the modern z to comment on your success rate that same rcq you like you topped eight and you did yeah. play against kind of like bullshitty matchups. Like I, I watched you play a hell of a game against Merktide, against a guy who's like known in the area for Merktide, and other like I think you played the Mirror and stuff like that. So like yeah, yeah. To and, me, and, like and like Merktide's a, a it's it's kind of a d- tough matchup. Like that's that's a tough one for us too. And he played maximum velocity, which was pretty cool. But uh, <laughs> yes, that like like talking about like I could have been playing four color but i felt like brent to another reason to our switch which we'll get into more was i felt like brent had a higher success rate with the deck he's playing and knows the format better that like for me with yogmoth it it kind of felt like the way that i played yogmoth was that the deck did what it was supposed to do and i got lucky a lot of the times doing that i.e i never really played like if my opponent did things i didn't really care which yeah. is why, like, to me, like, Four Color was probably so crushing. And, I mean, I talked to Jet about it, who's very well known in our area for playing Yogmoth. And, yes, Four Color is crushing to us. But he has beaten it multiple times. For me, I'm, like, I think 0 for 5. Yeah. Uh, and I also, when I went to that RCQ at Brickhouse, I hadn't played since Hearse was legal. Right. And I never played against Hearse. But my sideboard was also outdated. I also played Omnix List, but I'm also going to put him in Spirits, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> we'll make it work. That that was what Roger and I were talking about. Splashing red for Omnix. No, he's a Splash 2 colors. Never mind. 
regardless, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like Brent can beat a lot more matchups because he's very intelligent and knows the format better than I do. Versus, like, I could get away with a lot of things in Pioneer because all the decks are mostly the same. And there's also not, like, really crazy combos in Pioneer. Like, the be- one of the best decks in the format is a fair deck that I still, to this day, will never understand why it's a, a top-tier deck. I know Brett told me what a professional player said about it. And it makes sense. But yeah. I, I still, to this day could not understand why black red is like fucking it feels like tier zero sometimes for no reason yeah in a format where you have nixos mono green that's playing fucking planeswalkers out of their color yeah (laughs) like and lotus like i don't know but going on so brett how did how did your rcq go yeah, so my round one was against uh, a guy I've seen before, but I didn't know his name. But I knew he was probably going to be on a good deck, and he was on uh, Mono Green. And Cole, that matchup's not so good. Uh, I had to besage you his uh, Damping Sphere. And I actually... So it, it kind of sucked, because I... Basically, if for those who know the wish variation of the deck it's not about the ultimatum it's about resolving peer into the abyss with two extra mana and when you draw half your deck you should be able to just like get into a hidden strings or vizier and cycle to add one additional mana and get to the point where you just like have a crap load of resources and could just like win i actually do resolve peer but then uh I don't have a hidden string, so I I like have to pass and and discard like half my deck and stuff like that. So it just went went really bad. Uh, and game two game two he's able to combo kill me. Uh, game two he card has a lot of bullets besides damping sphere, which I besage you again. He got a pithing needle to stop my thespian stage. So I had to go around that, and then he played the six mana artifact that says you don't get to play anymore because your spells cost two more. Statue of the God Pharaoh. Thank you. Yeah, that that nightmare that's destroyed me. <laughs> uh, he he beat me cleanly. That was not a hard matchup for him. Um, uh, the only other notable thing I won back to back. I beat a. I'll just say as a, a not a very good deck and. Then I played against the coolest deck in the room. I, no question. Uh, Possibility Storm. Where uh, basically the deck is Possibility Storm. And then on the following turn, cast a instant. Usually like Stomp from Bonecrusher Giant or something like that. I think instant. Maybe Sorcery. And uh, instant- It's Sorcery because it's Love Struck Beast. Okay, so the, the make a 1-1 yeah. uh, guy uh, and make Bell. And instead, you cast Enter the Infinite, yep. which which and then that's the win con basically. So you draw, so you draw your whole deck, and then you put a card back, and you put Borgbrigmos back, and Borgbrigmos is a legendary creature that says discard a land, deal three damage to any target. Right. And you're like, well, how do you get it? And then you just play a one mana one one off of anything. Oh, no, he played and, the he played an artifact creature, the uh, oh the Stone Coil Serpent, right? Right, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, they play Stone Coil, then possibly Storm Triggers, and they flip into uh, uh, Borberig most of them kill you. Right. Yeah. So I, I was he, he took game two, but I, I won the three game set. Uh, I kind of was like, okay, well, it's it's simul- simultaneous. So I cast like Sylvan Scrying, but instead it became Peer into the Abyss. I was like, okay, I'm okay with this. <laughs> and, uh, and and basically from there, uh, I was able to uh, to win, and that was all the winning I did. I uh, lost to Mono Blue Spirits, which is a rough matchup. I took him to three games. I lost to Azorius Control. Uh, a new pilot, um, but I did not play very well, and lost to Mono Red, and I think that's all I could really remember. Uh, but it, it didn't go too well. But more importantly, I think we should talk about how you did because you basically got this deck cold, and and started playing it. Yep i I did a lot better than I thought I was going to do. <laughs> yeah. So. I get there, me and Brent ride together, and Brent hands me this in a cyborg guide and is like, alright, son, go. And I'm like, okay, dad. And my round one's against Model Green, you know, just to kick off. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, you know, I know what a good hand looks like. And I'm like, alright, I'll keep this. And I know that game one, you know, still kind of like, trying to figure out, like, because I, I didn't really no pioneer too well i kind of was like i know what decks are trying to do but like i didn't i didn't really gather like what i should be looking for and i i remember game one he played kiora it was mono green and i just for some fucking reason had like two one ones and i fucking dinked that thing seven times <laughs> and he was like wow kiora was gained seven life i was like yeah so yeah she was <laughs> and uh, looking back, I could have killed him, but I was just so scared of just like Lotus Field win. So like right. I did that, and then I killed Kiora, and then played like a rattle chase. He's like, "All right, you got it," because he just never drew anything. And then game two, I basically just had a really good hand, played out a bunch of stuff, and had answers for everything. And he eventually kind of like storms off, and he plays a bunch of stuff, and. It just didn't matter. He needed like one more mana for a Shadow Spear because he played Shadow Spear in his board mm, to put okay. it on a, a Cavalier so it could block uh, uh, block a Flyer with Lifelink. He was at like one life, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then round two was a very good matchup for me, which was uh, Niv. Uh, beat him in two. I did know what the hell it was because he goes... Turn one, catch your triumph tapped, and I'm like, okay. I'm like, turn one, spirit, go. And he's like, turn two, rootbound crag, sorcery speed, grow spiral, put a uh, Raugrin triumph into play tapped. I was like, what the hell am I playing against? <laughs> and I thought it was like Omnath or something. And then turn five, he tries a hard slam and div, and I was like, ah! I was like, now I know what I'm against. <laughs> And then I countered every spell after that, and then yeah. killed him. Yep, the tracks. <laughs> and then round three, I think, was my first loss. I think that was Rakdos. Right. How did that uh, matchup feel for you? Well, game one was a wash because I'm an idiot. Okay. Uh, I kept a one later with three one drops. Because he, here's my argument, and and it's not even an argument. Don't ever do this. He mulliganed so aggressively. 
like, and I'm talking about like he looked at his seven and then just immediately put it back. Like it was maybe a millisecond. Do Do you think he knew what you were on? Basically, he was looking for like a specific. He He didn't know what I was on. Because it's early still, but he, so it's but like... he might have just had like no lands and just wasn't gonna like bullshit about it. Sure. Okay. Which is fine, but man, did it play my games with me? Because I thought he was on like Lotus Field or something. I was like, that was the fastest mulligan. Yeah. I was like, is this like Lotus Field? And he was like, that was like not a winning hand. So I was like, all right, this is like Mosley Wonder, another one drop. The two drops was like Counterspell and Lord. I was like, all right, I just need to draw land. And he was on the play and he goes, Swamp Thoughtseize. And I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> and then never drew a land. Okay. And then game two, I mulled to six. Kept a reasonable hand, and he just, it, it, Rakdos did what Rakdos does against Spirits, which was just raffle it. It was really rough. Yeah. That felt bad. It did not feel good. Yeah. Uh, the round four was the humans deck, I think. Mono white humans? Yeah. Okay. Which, that was really close. Uh, I was talking to Brent earlier about it. Uh, I should not have won. No, you should have. But... No, I should have died. Everybody watched. So, game three, he plays his second thought. We're both basically swinging for lethal at this point. Uh, I actually do think it was game two, because I think game three... It was game two. So, game, two, game one, he, like, crushes me. Yeah. Game two, I mean... Yeah, game two, it, uh, he, we get to this point, he has a Thalia, a, the 3-2, or the 2-1, a Thalia's lieutenant, and then a werewolf, the, 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 the guy that eats a guy, and then, uh, he plays the second Thalia's lieutenant, and he has Mutable. Mutable has a plus one counter on it. I, I don't remember life tolls, but I just know that if he swings out, I'm dead. Okay. I have a Shacklegeist and three other spirits. Like, one of them is a Lord, and a Rattle Chains, and I think a Spectral Sailor, and I have a Faceless Haven. So, here's a, here's a scenario. So, he's going to go to combat. I'm like, okay. I could tap two of his guys down with uh, four of my spirits, and leave him with, like, a 4-4 Werewolf, and the four two stupid idiot, the the Dauntless bodyguard, which would kill me because I could block with Faceless Haven, and then I could return KO. Problem: if I do this, he has Mutavault. He leaves Mutavault up. He like taps out for the Dauntless attendant, but he leaves the planes of the Mutavault up. And I'm like, okay. If I go to do all of this before declare attackers, he just animates me to vault and I die. Yeah. So we're sitting there for a hot minute. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm processing. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? Um, I'm like, how do I not die here? And one of the ways I don't die is I could throw every spirit I have that can block in front of all of his dudes. I then die by losing the game because I don't have any spirits. Right. <laughs> Right. And obviously nothing's trading. So I'm like, okay. Uh, that doesn't seem right. So I'm, I'm thinking about something like, how do I win this game? And I remember I'm like, all right, well, let's just see what happens. So I'm like, fuck it. If he kills me, he kills me. I tap down his 6-6 six, six 
or it's a four four uh the werewolf guy and i'm like all right if he animates here i'm dead and he goes to combat and attacks with just two creatures which is surprising it was just two creatures which would have been lethal if i didn't block i snapped through my spectral sailor in front of one of them yep and then he played a selfless spirit as a blocker and then i killed him on the crackpack because that went whatever and i was like wow i should have not won i should have lost <laughs> sure yeah it was it was a miracle i will say that i was very surprised i won that game and that was round what so that was round four you're three and one at this point i think yeah i was three one uh that was round four maybe maybe Tompy. Yeah, Fractos, humans. Yeah, so round five. I think you win this one too. Round five was Phoenix. Yeah, I'd be Phoenix. I'm 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 a little surprised by that because I think like Phoenix. Well, I think it's cl- actually I take that back. I think it's a little bit closer. Well, he he didn't keep bad hands. Like he had Ledger Shredders. Okay. But like I think my hands were just a little bit better. Like I remember he went down to like no cards in hand to tap out for a cruise and i countered it which was incredibly critical sure yeah that's true and, and then i like gave to witness protection to his ledger shredder and then okay. like he tried to you know storm off a treasure cruise again and i countered it okay because i was like against phoenix i was like if he ancestral recalls i'm, I'm dead that's yeah because that i remember sense. he basically like kept trying to play removal and all my stuff and I mean, it, it, it like, I just kept hands of a bunch of dudes and answers and managed to, because I know game, game one, like, he got Phoenixes out, but I managed to, oh, I, uh, I tricked him into a trade. He, I attacked with a bunch of stuff, like, a Mosley Wonder that was, like, they got, like, two fucking Curious Obsessions on it, okay. and then, like, a Rattle Chains and a bunch of other stuff, and, like, I had two lords, so the boss of was like a 5-5, five five, and his uh, Ledger Shredder had like six toughness, and okay. I remember I flashed in a spirit to kill the Ledger Shredder. Oh, nice. <laughs> and keep my boss like Wanderer, and then like traded with the other two Phoenixes, and he had one card in hand. Oh, I had like three other spirits too, that like I just played that turn, or like, not three other, like, I had lethal, and I remember he like top deck to treasure cruise and i just used the big ass muslim water to counter it i was like fuck it no um, <laughs> i was like counter unless you pay like six and he was like i can't i was like yeah go go away <laughs> i was like i'm not i'm not letting you draw three cards it's like stop yeah i was like ancestral recalls too good um so yeah that that felt a lot it i mean and he didn't it's not like he didn't see removal or anything like it wasn't anything like that. Like he, he definitely saw answers to things. Well, if Mausoleum uh, had like two enchantments on it at that point or whatever. Like you're, you're drawing your own cards too. Like, yeah, let me tell you, uh, that felt gross. Uh, whenever yeah. that, whenever those creatures actually did get to attack. Yeah. Or attacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we're going to round six. This was seven rounds today, or today, seven rounds there. Yep. And we're at a critical round. Um, yes the second guess, second loss is uh we think is probably lethal yeah we're, uh, we're speculating lethal we, we don't want to get it anyways but we're, we're assuming like if you get your second loss you're probably dead i think i, I think i 
did some math and it was like the second or like one or two people with two losses will make top eight or something like that i think but you don't we if we avoid the second loss altogether then you top eight so whatever um anyway but yeah so it's against a very interesting fellow i don't really want to get too much into I, i'm gonna put this on here as a as a pma right yes um just don't just don't be an asshole like I, I hate to say that because I, I hate I just hate bringing that up. I don't like talking about stuff like that because I think obviously things are on the line and you know money's on the line and all this and it's stressful. I get it, but man, just don't be a fucking ass. Like this player, he so we get deck checked, of course. And the whole time he's complaining, and I, I'm exhausted, by the way, at this point. I am very tired. Um, yeah. And he, and I like to make small talk. I hate sitting in silence. Uh, uh, and I, he brings up that all of his rounds go to time. I also remember while we get to check, Jacob texts me. He's like, he's on blue white. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's whatever. And... Uh, I had made a mention that I was tired and the whole time he's egging me on about if you're feeling tired you should go home and it, it, it they were remarks that should have been joking but they were very snide like it felt very I don't know if you just sucked at joking which is fine if you do like if your sarcasm just comes off as you being an asshole Whatever, I took it in stride. I was, you know, whatever, and I'm just chilling there. Uh, we get our decks back, and here's where I talked about earlier with Brent. <laughs> so Brent let me borrow this deck. Jeff pulls me over, and he's like, hey, man, two of your sleeves are nicked. Have you been playing with these all day? I'm like, yeah, these are the only sleeves I have. And he's like, do you have other ones on you? I'm like, oh, well, fuck, that's my buddy's deck. Let me fucking ask. Yeah. Of course Brent doesn't have sleeves on him. No way. For his <laughs> dumbass... Ravenclaw sleeves, <laughs> and I, uh, we figure it out. Judge the, the fucking staff support, by the way. They're having another RCQ in September. I'm definitely going back. Their judge support, their staff, phenomenal people. I loved every one of them. Yeah, judge was really cool guy. Um, I I have I was I have I I, I was a judge, and he was very, like everything he did was very helpful. It wasn't very um. He did what a judge is supposed to do, and it wasn't like trying to see you fail; it was trying to help you succeed. Right. Um, yeah. Which is a big deal to me, because like some judges are like, I'd rather see you fail than try to help you not fail. Right. And it wasn't, and, and the problem wasn't it was it wasn't cheating or anything. It's just two of my sleeves were nicked, so they were like, all right, well we'll, we'll fix it by you just take two of your sideboard sleeves off, um, and just use those. Easy. I get back to the table. And my opponent is shuffling, and he makes another remark. He's like, you don't have to tell me, but, like, dude, what, what was that about? And I was like, oh, you know, this has some sleep problems. He's like, oh, so you're trying to cheat. And I was like, okay, bro. I'm still really tired. I just don't have the energy to say anything at this point. We start playing, and I crush him game one. Like, it wasn't close. I think Brent watched the whole thing. Like, turn four, he's done. 
but every play, every time, I get it. I get it's frustrating. I understand completely. Like I said, I get it. I've been in that seat where your opponent just has fucking everything, and I get it. That's fucking fucking is infuriating. That's, that's magic, though. But too. that's the game, and to sit there and after every play just make a remark about how I have everything and I have the nuts and blah 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 and all this like it like it's it's not it's not a tactic it's not cute it's just annoying no i hate being bitchy i really do i like to be the fun loving guy and it just it just sucks to bitch about it whatever i crush him we go to game two while sideboarding he's obviously making remarks about that he should have played my deck today which i was like whatever i was like dude okay i'm sorry he didn't (laughs) um and in game two, I keep a reasonable hand, and I think I drew 13 of the 20 lands that are in the Something, deck. Yeah, it was so painful to watch. Like, yeah, every we, and turn, we have I was accumulated like... a group. There are a lot of points in which I think I could have won if I had drawn a spell. G- game three. Game two, I... Oh, 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 sorry. No, no, early, yeah. early game two. Game three, G- I definitely think game three, there are a lot of things that could have been a little different if I had if I had just thought about it. But, oh no, game two was where he top-decked the... Okay. Yes. Game two I would have won. He calls it, and you know everybody deserves this moment, so I'm not going to shit on it, because I'm the same way. He's like, I need to talk to that Supreme Verdict. And, he, of course, he smacks the top of his deck, hits Supreme Verdict, shows it to his buddy and sits next to him. They're having a good time. I, that that part doesn't bother me. No, that's, that's, that, that's... That's whatever. Yeah. Like, if I top-deck something cool, I'm a fucking... Like, if you're going to be cool about it, sure. Yeah. Game three is where we get to where he does something that I, if I had the mental state I did, if, if I wasn't tired, I definitely would have said something. Going to game three, I keep a reason, like, actually, I think it's a pretty good hand. Yeah. But his hand is, like, sheer removal. It is fucking, like, three portable holes, a bunch of other shits, like, March. And there's a point... Where I have the one mana counter spell, or it becomes one mana, and I go to level up the thing, and I have one mana open, and he goes to march it. But he has three lands, and instead of tapping the other two mana, he pitches a Teferi. And I still have threats in hand, but I, I to this point, this is probably the one play I should have fought over. There are a lot of other times that he, like, portable holes at Mausoleum Wonder or something, and, like, I just didn't care. But this guy had a curious obsession on it. Right. And I should have thrown the counterspell, but I was like, he pitched a Teferi to it. He chose two mana. He chose to hold two mana, basically. Yeah, so I was like, I'd rather not throw my counterspell into a Dovin's Veto, which I should have, regardless, because then it would have forced him to do it. Sure. And then, yeah. like, would have been relevant for other Like, because I, I had a lot of counter magic that game, and I started to draw a lot of less threats. Right. But he starts to kind of get control of the game. We're still playing. And at one point, he Supreme Verdicts me. And he just grabs his Supreme Verdict, puts it under my cards, and pushes them to my graveyard. And I remember Jacob, who was sitting right next to me, about, like, reached over and, like, smacked the shit out of him. Like, Jacob was pissed. And a lot of people were like, you should have said something. And I was just so tired. I was pretty defeated at this point. Because I was like, I was like, what the fuck is happening? To me, and this is going to sound really shitty, and I'm sorry if it does, but to me, at least for losing, uh, 
I will always be okay losing to people that deserve it. Like Brent, Roger, Jacob, all these other people. Like, I've learned, at least within myself, that, like, losing is a thing that happens. And losing to people that deserve it. Like, when I lost to Kale, I didn't, I wasn't upset. And that was my winning in. But I wasn't upset. I was right. more like, I'm happy that I lost to somebody that, that I know has deserved and earned that win. Like, I know he works hard at what he does. And I wish him the best. And for this guy, just how he acted that whole t- that whole match, it was the most gut wrenching, ego crushing loss. Like I felt like, like I was like I hated losing to somebody that that to me didn't deserve that win. Yeah. Like to sit there and complain about your opponent to his face, and then to to grab your opponent's cards like in that manner. Like, if you ever watch me play against my friends, and Brent can attest to it, we I fuck around a lot. Like, I'll do the whole, like, put my, like, when I played against Kale uh, at that RCQ, and he beat me, he, you know, dropped his subtlety to BM me. Like, you didn't have, you couldn't have had anything anyways. And I remember I grabbed that subtlety with my card and flipped it, but that's like, we, we both had a laugh about it. It was funny. Yeah. Because we're, we're friends. Right. Yeah. Like... And I've done that with Brent. I've done that at other tournaments with other people that I do know that are friends of mine. Because that's a friend thing. Yeah. It's to me, it was very disrespectful to do what he did and complain about me the whole time. Like I said, I try to be friendly, and yeah. I try to be very open when I play, and to make sure that we're both having a good time. But like we're not on that level where you could just grab my not even my property it's not my property it's my friend's property and do what you did yeah like we're we're not i don't know you we're not there maybe if earlier that game you weren't being an asshole like sure but it'd been fine it'd been a haha joke but like it's the the player rubbed me the wrong way so i get my loss and i'm like really debating like man i that like really soured me i want to leave like whatever there's a chance that next two gets in I played my last round against, uh, I think he's an owner, I'm not sure, of a game store. I know him, or know of him, and he was on a very cool deck. Brent didn't get to watch it, it was so Mm. fucking cool. Roger watched the whole thing, though, it was really funny. He played a blue-red Wizards deck, and this dude's like X and 2, so he's obviously been having a good record. Yeah. Um, And he, I remember he plays Adelaide. He was very cool. Like I, if I could go back and play him again, I 100% would. And he crushed me game one and game two and three. I beat him on the sheer fact he didn't find lands or he drew only lands. Yeah. Uh, but he like played Adelaide. I read it, and then like I went to combat on one of my turns, attacked, and like he was like block, and I was like, wait, Adelaide fucking flies. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you read the card, and Roger was like, you idiot, you read it, and I was like, I fucking didn't read flying. <laughs> but he word. was he was a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, some very good games of Magic played when he was casting spells between us. So 100%. Um, like those those kinds of players and just that experience alone it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got 11th overall. Uh, I tied basically with four other people. Yeah, I think there was eighth place had the same record as you. Yeah, like, there was four of us, I think, that were going to try to get in, and then, like, one of us obviously got in. So there was a chance that I could have. 
Uh, he just had uh, looking looking at it. He just had better breakers than me. Yeah, your your first loss I think came a little too early to be in serious contention. But he, like I said, overall it was a good event. And then afterwards, I remember uh, that was when Brent and I had the conversation, like about like seriously, actually, like switching seats. Yes. Yep. You're right. Because we uh, we had talked, and Brent was like, "Well, I had a bad event," and I was like, "That's fine." But like, do you actually like honestly want to switch seats? Um, and I had told Brent, I was like, "I think I think I would." prefer you in modern because you've had a much better um record and just you're a much better like you're a very good player and you're playing a very good deck and you know the format really well and you like like brent's been playing his deck for like 45 years equivalently (laughs) and uh like he knows the ins and outs of like the whole everything um so like I was like Brent, I think you should play Titan, and Brent was like, well, yeah, I actually think I was going to talk to you about that too. And we kind of both agreed that we should switch because with how my performance went, I didn't. The big problem that I was going to have in the Pioneer Sea was I was worried I was going to be need to be babied. But with just how the whole, how the whole event went, I figured the format pretty quick. Like like I said, the format's not like insanely hard. Uh, I mean, yeah. obviously, a lot of cards that are played in the format are from recent sets, uh, or sets that I just have played, like Nyctos and stuff. Yeah. Um, which isn't a bad thing. Well, I mean, it's a bad thing that more powerful cards are from recent sets, but whatever. Um, like, if I put a complete Blood Tithe Harvester, I'm like, hell yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like, the format's not, like, as, as hard to play around or figure out. Like, if I'm against Rakdos, I can figure out all the stuff they're doing, but I know, like, four color... There's, like, four different versions of four color now. Right. Elemental. And then, like, like, uh, the Indomitable Creativity deck, like, some of them are heavier on Grixis, and some of them aren't. You know, like, stuff like that, so... Like, with Rakdos, if you play against Rakdos and Pioneer, they might be, like, two cards different. Really, like, the only deck currently that I see that kind of like branches the whole being wild is uh green but even then it's wild in the sense that like their one-off planeswalkers are different because i know there was a green deck running around that was golgari and they were playing like three veraskas right yeah but i think that one never really took off versus just being green yeah and bolus has been kind of trending i guess and then we saw a list recently that had the four mana to fairy that could untap cards basically um so would you play so where are you leading right now so you have the spirits deck and we're we've been talking about bant spirits it's are those kind of the leading choices for you right now at this point yeah i think um spirits is 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 a strategy and another reason of the switch is like spirit strategies are something that I've always done. Like blue white spirits was what I played for a long time after. Uh, yeah, MH, before M- MH. Yeah, before rotation, MH rotation. Yeah, well, blue red breach and spirits, but like I played spirits for a long time, and that strategy. Right. Yeah. Kind of always like never changed for me, and I, I had a lot of really good success with it too. Yeah. Um. 
So, like, that strategy's not hard, and I, I love Spirits. I've played Spirits for a long time since, like, Spirits first came out. Uh, way back in, like, Shadows, um, when you could spell caller things, and that was, like, the grossest thing on the planet. Yeah. Um, so, um, like, the deck's not foreign to me. It's not like I'm picking up Lotus Field. I'm like, how the f- like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, right. So, so the two decks that we've been leaning, or that I had been leaning on is like, Blue Spirits is still pretty good. It did have a lot of matchups, like, that felt very favored. And even the ones that didn't, well, besides one, even the ones that didn't feel favored felt okay. Yeah. Rakdos felt very bad. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Arena, again, just to kind of practice, because Explorer is very close to Pioneer right now. Because, like I talked about, a lot of the decks that are good just play the standard cards. Right. Um... Obviously, we don't have, like, Lotus Field, but I feel like Blue Spirits kind of should be able to figure that one out. Right. Uh, but Rakdos is practically the same, except they don't have Dreadbore. Um, and Rakdos, even on Arena, still feels rough. But Bant gives you these options of, like, you have your Coco deck, which is always good against mid-range decks. Uh, you have a lot of... Uh, Silver Bullet Idiots that, like, do things against Rakdos, uh, Katilda, um, there were a couple others that we were looking at, I cannot remember them off the top of my head. Yeah. Oh, the Cemetery guy. Right, yep. Because it gets, like, against Minerage decks, like, Card Advantage is really good, and, I mean, that guy's literally Future Sight on a, on a dude for his card type. So there are a lot of, like, cards that, like, Bant gives you... Oh, Extraction Specialist. Right, yeah. And it can close out games uh, a little faster because you do have uh, seven lords. Right. And then also, like, a lot of your creatures are not 1-1s. One uh, they're, like, spell close to 2-3 and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm hoping for tomorrow we're going to play at our locals that I have enough pieces to build Bant. <laughs> Because I at least like to try it uh, and kind of gather whether it's something I want to do or if I'm just going to stick with blue. I think either of the choices are good. I think if you play Bant, you're obviously giving up um, some favorability against other decks. Like I do think Bant, at least against pure blue-white in Pioneer, is probably better because you have a way around uh, Supreme Verdict. Sure, yeah. Because, you know, obviously you have Queller. Um, Maybe just Coco, I get in step two. Well, yeah, versus like they verdict you and you're like, all right, flash in a. Uh, what's his name? Also, Rattler, Band doesn't yeah. play the idiot, the Ascended Spirit. Right. Which, like, I will give credit. There are times that Ascended Spirit has been, like, insane. And those are the times that I feel like I'm already winning. Yeah. Like, I think against. Actually, yeah, against humans at that RCQ game three. I had an Ascended Spirit that I leveled up to the final level. I've done it once myself, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I, it, I've i done it. It, it, was like so, it. it was so bulky, it stretched out of its sleeve and broke it. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it's like a 6-6 six, six draw card when it deals combat damage, flying. Right. Fuck it, like, it's literally, like, got every text on it. It's a good, like, the card is, the card is okay. There are a lot of matchups that, like, 
on the blind, I have a good opening hand as the one drops Ascendant Spirit, and then they play like I carried it. I'm like, okay, yeah. buddy, you're like never getting in. <laughs> like, like, good job, because I don't really want to devote like three mana to you right now. Right. Um, and, you know, with Bant, you are more into the air, obviously. Uh, and you play like good removal creatures, like, uh, oh, what's his name? The three drop? Uh, Skyclave? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm really thinking on which ones. Um, like I said, blue, like, there was an argument that Brent and I talked about for blue versus mono green, because I had beaten mono green. Right. I had brought up to Brent that, like, I still felt like mono green, if they just have the nut, is, like, still super rough. I th- yeah, I think so. My argument for that matchup being at okay is it's kind of turn three and you should have at least presumably one counter spell by that time but it's it's like if they have it they have it that that's that's certainly true and we like mono blue is very slow at closing out the game it's just it's a it's a tempo it's almost tempo first kind of oh i mean yeah i mean that is the deck the deck is out tempoing your opponent which is hard when your opponent then generates like 40 mana and then like right. plays because you don't really you don't have any hard counters yeah there's no counter target spell there is uh mana leak st- type cards yeah so you don't really have anything that's like all right against uh against green this is good but i will say blue gives you slip out the back which to me felt very good yeah yeah for sure and then obviously, like Curious Obsession, yeah, uh, does help if uh, if whatever it's attached to lives. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you got eleventh. I got probably I don't know what's last place, second to last place, something like that. Um. Oh it, yeah, and just a shout out to the judges again. Uh, during between rounds, we had to change out those sleeves. Uh, both oh, of the yeah. judges helped I out. That up. Yeah. yeah, it was great that they helped out. Uh, our buddy Cade, uh, yeah, Cade he helped, helped out. I think uh, Jacob also helped. So we we were we you, we were resleeved within very like a, a moment. Like a yeah, minute Cade or so. came and helped. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of staff. Like it, it was very 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 good. Right, because I I don't know because we you obviously had the uh, I don't know. If, the rounds were waiting on you or it was this close because you had the um there was time on the clock but it wasn't like we had there was a ton of time and y'all had the deck check so y'all had to extension anyway but um yeah but yeah i just wanted to shout them out because that was really good of them but i really appreciate that of them they, they certainly didn't have to but they they were very nice to do it um so I wanted to do go over my more recent RCQ. Uh, I went four and three overall, kind of mediocre. Uh, dude, it was a wild RCQ. Uh, this is at, this was at Common Ground uh, Games, uh, just kind of down the street from where I live now. Um, the first match was a pretty quick two zero versus Blue White Hammer. Uh, it's a matchup I think it's favored. Um, Jacob may disagree, but he always thinks whatever he plays is the best best deck ever, so I don't know. But I think it's pretty good. Um, that played against... Uh, it's funny you talk about Kale. I played him round two, and I immediately thought he was going to be on blue-red or on shadow. 
because he's those are like his decks um that or that's how i identify him is playing those kind of decks but he played uh, a four color creativity deck and maybe some of it was because uh, this, this is kind of a deck you know I, I've played it before but it's kind of changed a little bit um, and they also have like some variations have persist uh, which uh, I played against Jet who I think we name dropped him already and we have before he was playing it it just like locally and so I knew he played that so I was kind of sort of respecting that but it's just and jet beat me uh and i just kind of thought it was a bad matchup but i probably just wasn't respecting it enough and i did admit to uh to to kale that i did have I, it was a time i didn't have engineer explosives in the board which i think is the best way to fight it or it's like you definitely want that card it doesn't save you um but it's just nice to be able to have that on the table and and just hold it up the whole time. Uh, but he beats me in two games. And Cole, his defeat, he didn't just defeat me into the 1-1 bracket. He put me in the shadow realm of or the sewer <laughs> bracket. Uh, so I, I'm 1-1. I'm like, okay, I, I get the first loss. I, I, I could you know, fight through it. I play against the Nightmare. I play against Mono Blue or like Blue Black Mill. And fuck me when I see that crab show up. I know I'm in for a wild ride. And it was miserable. They beat me in two games. Uh, I had f- 73 cards in my deck <laughs> post board. Did not matter. Um, it's just so miserable. Good old no. Tasha's. Yeah. Yep, that showed up. Uh, yeah, that was that was outstanding. Um, but then it, it gets better. I, cl- I kind of close out to do pretty respectable, I think. I uh, play against Grixis Shadow, which uh, I know I've said before. I, I think with Luris, that was a bad matchup. I think it was a little bit closer with you know without Luris and without looping dress downs or whatever. It definitely gets closer, and I was able to win it in three games. Uh, largely playing uh i had a natural bog uh and my creatures were lining up against his and i played uh back-to-back uh five five hydroid crisis i'm going to talk about uh, amulet going kind of we're kind of lost in the sauce right now but i definitely want to talk about that uh, but i played a five five crisis into a follow-up five five crisis and you know drawing two cards each time on top of just having other good cards in hand he just scooped to that, and I was like, "I have a, I have more cards. I have Titans and stuff." But it didn't say he didn't. Yeah, what? Well, well, a scoop to the five five Flamplers, Brent? Right, because he just at that point he had a Ledger Shredders, like a Ledger Shredder, and and I had you know I had, I did have the Natural Bog, so I just kind of turned off Unholy Heat and uh, the ability to play Murktide. So one turn he had to just chump with a like he like I attacked for five and he chumped. And then I played another one, and huh. that was basically it. Um, and I think it, wow. that those two cards I drew were like packed in a prime time, like two virtually two prime times. So I do it was pretty pretty good. Um, then I play against. Uh, so we're going back in the sewers. I play against Black White Stoneblade, and, and I'm ending up in the and that's why I'm playing our sewer deck. So I play Stoneblade with like 78 ephemerates and like 83 solitudes, which is great for him. 
but I'm able to win it in three games. I think game three, I end up with about uh, at like 60 life or something like that. Just because he kept solituding my threats. And uh, it didn't really matter too much because I, um, I, I had Titans, which drew me into um, Constructs. Like, I think I had a bunch of 8-8 Constructs. And he was forced to solitude those. I was like, deal. And um, I was just able to close out. Then I get paired against Elves. And I lost in two games. I'm glad and- Elves had your number. Yeah, but dude, I play it again in the last round. I play the elves a second time, and I am actually able to beat it in three games to to close out at four and three. It was just such a weird event. Um, the only like I I told a few people I I I was two and one overall against real decks, but I'm sorry, Mill, Stoneblade, and Elves they're not real decks to me. Um, and maybe that's just like I'm sorry. Stoneblade listeners, elf listeners, whatever. Uh, it's you know, it's I by weird real deck. I mean, it's like it's not a tiered like deck. You know, um, it was just it's just like you there. It's a bunch of rogue decks, and it was kind of annoying to play against those. But it's it's magic. I don't really have any room to complain about this. Um, yeah, and uh, my buddy. Uh, Donovan Day actually he won- took down the event with Yogmoth. It was crazy. There was, oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. He and it was a stack top eight. I think there was like a lot of like because he he's a he's an employee at Boardwalk and there was like I think two he's or three. A, wait, Donovan Day is the guy that I played at. Uh, that was my last round. He was on blue red. Uh, blue am red. I uh, the right, am I thinking the right Donovan? The the Boardwalk game employee. I know his first name's Donovan. He's kind of the shorter guy. A little more, a little more stout. Well, now I gotta look because I think I'm Facebook friends. Yeah, yeah, Donovan Day. Yeah, he's he's a employee, he's a manager at Boardwalk. Yeah, he's the guy that I thought was the owner. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that he's a good guy. I like him. Yeah, he's I like the, him quite a bit. He's the guy that um, I thought was uh, on uh, or no, he was on the Blue Red Wizards. But yeah, he's a cool guy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, he yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, he yeah, he took down the event with the Ogmoth. I and like Boardwalk was like there in spades, like in, in the top tables. I think Jet just narrowly narrowly missed. He lost his last round. Um, Justin, the guy who's on his uh creativity reanimator, like he top aided again, like he always does with that deck. It's just so wild. Telling you, he's plus and he's making money. Uh, I don't know. He's yeah. He's probably losing on purpose to keep playing in these things. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he's probably making no. way more money top eighting every one of them. No, no. He, I talked to him. I guess in between his top eights <laughs> at RCQs, yeah, he's like, hey, he wants to win because he's at that. When I talked to him, he played in three different. Um, he top eighted three times, and he's like, yeah, just don't have the win. And he's yeah, like, they got Jet and some other people were making a running joke about it. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, he was playing his his old trusty deck and he, he man, he's he is dialed into that deck for sure. Um Yeah, that was so that was pretty cool of him. It was a really good top eight. Uh Everett was there, uh Spike. He I think he just top four or top eight, I don't remember. He 
he was in the finals. But yeah, he he did well. He was on um I forgot what he was on. It was on uh, uh no, Soul, Soul Herder. That's right. He was on Soul yeah, he, Herder. He tweeted about it. Yeah. Um yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um it's a really st- really st- uh stellar room at the top tables, not where I was. <laughs> Um, I guess that's all I have for that RCQ. I didn't want to go too deep into that. Um, there wasn't ter- like there was a a ton of like interesting lines that I can think of um, that stood out. But anyway, let's um, Cole. I, I we want I wanted to talk about this last pod because uh, the Hamiltonian deck has been going kind of crazy and super lost in the sauce as the as the zoomers say uh god you make me feel old <laughs> so uh there was a i think it was groove uh maybe a few week weeks ago at a challenge he was playing uh he's someone who uh if i recall has historically had like these weird amulet titan decks um but this time we're actually listening to his suggestions basically um he had a few d- cards in his deck that were weird that, that were like not traditional like uh steve which is secure tribe elder that's the um card that has this you can sacrifice a secure tribe elder to search for basic that's the the gruel uh the boomer valica um ball star <sighs> to find a basic uh and also hydrid crisis is another card that we're doing uh that's I don't have the card in front of me, uh, but I think I know it by heart. It's blue-green X for XX flying trample creature with the cast trigger of gain uh, half of X life and half of X and draw half of X cards uh, rounding down each time. So uh, earlier when I would cast Krasis for X equals five for seven mana, uh, so X so you round down from five which is a rounded down which is two so i gained two life and drew two cards on the cast trigger which is very yeah that's very very important very important right exactly um and then he also played inferno titan in the board as a uh someone there has been mumblings about this deck about this card but it's specifically just to shoot down a mags of the moon post board against uh blue red control because they give you the mountains so you're and you know if if not you just it's a it's a giant also so you can just uh with cavernous souls it's counterspell protected too so um that's that that's really not trending um that was just another card um but i think most of the we we were pretty quick to dismiss this card as a serious contender but really it's been all about Steve has been the card that is that everyone does agree is a good card in the deck. Uh, obviously, the you know we you could and the because Steve basically replaced Explore, which is a card that's that's you know it's it's a pretty you know it's a good card of course, but the problem with Explore is it's not guaranteed that you just have that mana available to you on turn two. As crazy as it sounds, like uh, what you cast dryad on turn three you cast azuz on turn three you cast primal titan all these green cards uh, but a lot of times we have that with cavern of souls and maybe like some other land so it's actually easier to cast steve uh secure tribe elder because of our cavern of souls uh 
And additionally, it finds uh, a basic land, which when we care about Blood Moon or the blue red matchup, which we care a lot about because that's the that's one like I bring in right now, I think 11 cards and you could argue for the 12th one, basically. So there's a huge post board uh, swinging change with Steve. Uh, so that that's kind of the argument for it. Also, it kind of opens up lines where um, it could be uh, like you could just sit on him for a little bit, and uh, when it matters later, we get amulet in play. It doesn't matter if you do it; like you get a mana out of him too. So he is a mana on a stick kind of guy with an amulet, and he could be uh, if you play him like on a on a miscellaneous turn in the mid late game. Later, you can get additional mana which can be relevant also with valica and dryad it's a potential lightning bolt and instant speed so um there there's kind of all those other applications as well so steve has been a pretty good inclusion of the card of, of the of the deck uh the next one is just hydro crisis the big uh, like to me the big thing with crisis is um like the two biggest decks in the format are two among the two biggest ones are obviously blue red mark tide and living or um and four color control and the problem is like a lot of the times the the good cards post board they don't go in multiple decks like the good cards against blue red mark tide historically it was like endurance or um sometimes like dismember just to kind of answer their cards uh, Relic, uh, Unlicensed Hearse, that's a new one. These cards. And then in Four Color Control, it's Emrakul the Promise End. Uh, that's about it. Maybe a second Cultivator Colossus in the board sometimes. But now with Hydrid Crisis, and I should uh, specify too, Crisis, uh, you also have a sideboard Basic Island too because of uh, Steve. So under Blood Moon, you try to get both halves of uh the basics so you have a basic island to also help you with fixing in the sideboard as well but also with crisis it's just a good card post board against both blue red and four color control that you're just really happy to um to bring it in and notably the the answer that people have been playing especially in blue red is either dressed down or it's uh, subtlety so with this you don't you get the, you still have the cash trigger and that's like cole said earlier that's the important thing so if they subtlety it then we'll just put it right back on the top of the deck and if they dress down it, it it's not as big deal because you got a few cards out of it too so you actually win that exchange because dress down used to be like a pretty clean answer uh to i think it still ends with threats. the plus one counters right it no, it doesn't because walking ballista also dies, so it w- it will still kill it, but it's it's not terribly relevant that we have the body because we got the the value well, out you, of the cards. Yeah, you drew cards off of it. Right, yeah, you drew cards, you gain life, which can you know that can be relevant too. Um, but that's but it's been pretty interesting, and a lot of some people have been playing up to four. Uh, the list I'm kind of. Uh, I had a list that was one in the main, three in the board, but it's really just a um, uh, 
to me, there's still some more testing I want to do with it, but it's uh, right now I have three in the sideboard, just just the sideboard copies with a basic island, and uh, but I think it's it's a pretty stellar card. Uh, the last one's also kind of new, and I haven't actually brought this out yet, um, but I've seen it uh, in the challenge list. A few people are running Scapeshift in the deck. Oh god damn it! I uh, dude, I, 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 I think I'm a believer. I, I just bought, bought foils for this yesterday, so I can stick to having a, a fully full deck. I think I'm a believer in it, call though. Um, and I, and obviously, uh, with it has a. If you have dried, you just have winning lines when you have six six total lands out, right? You just get valakuts and any lands, and you just have have the win. So obviously, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That's is that good enough? Um, there's just a few other things with it too. Like notably, it's. Um, Let's say you have four four mana, or four land. Like now, we're, now we care about the the quantity of lands. There's been a few times where it's like it is a huge ramp spell. So <clears throat> let's here's a scenario. So we'll, let's say we have five lands, and you're like, okay, I'm going to cast five five mana and five lands. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to cast Scape Shift with this. So you float a mana. And the cards you get are four bounce lands and a Talaria West. So you have one mana, and then four bounce lands produce two mana each, so eight mana, nine mana, and then Talaria West is the tenth mana. And you pick up all of your lands except uh, you, you keep a bounce land in play. You t- transmute Talaria West, you have seven mana for the Summer's Pact into. Uh, Cultivator Colossus, you have at minimum four redraws with that, which will produce eight mana. And that's like the floor of this card right now. So you can easily... So it's a better ritual. It's a much better ritual. It, it pairs really well with Cultivator Colossus to me. Um, they're kind of almost like a package, like post-board, do I want this package, basically? Um, but it does allow... It, it, it's a great setup for a huge Cultivator Colossus turn. That's like a big feature for me is with all this mana that you can produce, you can play a Cultivator Colossus and get like four, like those four lands from the scape shift, maybe you have two additional ones in, in, in hand, and you're going to redraw into six, like four spells at minimum. Uh, very likely that uh, Summoner's Pact is a good hit, Primeval Titan's a good hit, Dryad is probably a good hit. If you start the turn with Dryad, you probably just win the game on the spot anyway. Um there's just so many of these like really um, really interesting lines that you could just kind of almost just combo kill with just uh, with a few lands. And there's plenty of times like it is a, a really good ritual, like you said, um, but it makes Cultivator Colossus turns really really good too. Well, I might be a believer. You might have sold me on it. Yeah, I think it's yeah. You go four mana. You can go all the way up to eight mana if you need to, uh, or you know, there's it's easier to get to a primeval titan, which obviously the deck is kind of like that's what we're doing is casting primeval titan and hasting, um, but kind of with just additional mana or with cultivator. I think it's like that's where it's more interesting to me is is these cultivator lines where you just pick up bounce lands and you create all this mana. You cast cultivator and you have all these lands that you're putting into play and you're just making a lot of mana, which should find. Li- 
find ways to win the game basically uh so i i'm kind of a, a soft believer uh i kind of did some sideboard mapping because uh i presented i'm also like on the side i'm working on a usable sideboard guide as well like one where it's a little bit easier to kind of have a foundation of what a good cyborg guide looks like it's easier to to edit and it's very visually appealing so if you share it with people so i've been working on that too i'm not gonna get into that right now but i just kind of wanted to test it myself to share what i would tentatively do for sideboarding and i've noticed like a few times when it comes to postboard games i'm like the scape shifts and the cultivator clauses they kind of uh they kind of go hand to hand a little bit um, but it does allow us like I actually think it's a good plan against like creativity or something like they're going to have a spell pierce or like their interaction is largely spell pierce but you kind of just have this card that could just give you a combo kill right out of the, uh, just right away or you're like sometimes primal titan they're holding mana they could just be holding ice and stuff like that it's just there's kind of quite a bit um but that was something that was interesting to me uh, because I apparently I just like winning without going to the red zone, basically, if I can help it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I think this kind of this card, it just seems super interesting to me. And obviously, as I kind of said before, if you have just a bunch of lands, you, uh, you just play uh, Scape Shift with Dryad and that's just an easy win, too. So that's that's kind of interesting as well. And also, like, if you're, um, you just get value lands too. Like, you can get Simic Growth Chamber, Talaria West, which can be a transmute for a Summoner's Pact. You could be get a pile of Urza Sagas and say, all right, with with all this ability to produce mana, I'm going to make a lot of tokens. Uh, like, it may, also maybe I need a Cavern Souls too because uh, they're playing Counter Magic. But I was able to sneak through Escape Shift. You know, whatever. You can just get whatever relevant lands. Uh, Bog, obviously. Kill the graveyard. So I think it's interesting. I'm, I'm kind of into it. I, I would say I'm fairly likely to play it in uh, St. Louis. Unless that does have Escape Shift. Probably with all these cards I mentioned. Uh, with Secure Trap Elder, that one's basically a hard lock. Crisis is probably a pretty pretty likely in scape shift as well i'd probably play that my current list has it and i think i'm just looking at what i want to do uh with the final few slots that's kind of where i'm at right now testing 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 right now yeah i, w I did kind of tease cole not tease i just kind of suggested maybe i'll play i want to play creativity myself and i kind of just imme not immediately but I just had the thought of like, man, maybe it's maybe not. I I think I do need to have a good plan for for that though, at the team tournament in St. Louis. It's gonna it's gonna be a big tournament. I hope we do do well. I'm I'm pretty confident. I think we'll do pretty well. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, we had a we have our Airbnb reservation good to go. We'll be driving up. Uh, in the party party bus which is my car it's gonna be a lot of fun but um i think i think that's all i got cole is there any any, any final topics you wanted to cover no nope, that uh that's it for me i know dominaria spoilers start next week 
They actually start in two days. They, they're going to, I think they start trickling on Thursday. Okay, well, we'll we might talk about it next week. Who knows? Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Before we head off, head on out. Yeah. They just, they just started spoiling a bunch of art. I just sent one to Brent. Uh, for Shieldred the Apocalypse. That looks wild. It's like a worm coil engine. She's huge. But she has a head. She's a big old bitch. Is that not worm coil engine? Mm, like, it looks almost like Kaladesh, honestly. Uh, maybe, yeah. Well, like, just how it kind of looks. I don't know. Anyway, this set looks insane so far. I'm super excited. Yeah, we we were talking, like, I know I've made this prediction before, but I thought, like, this was going to be a very strong year, like, a very powerful year for Magic, standard Magic sets. And specifically, Dominari United was the one that was going to be huge. And it's, our, like, it's I, we haven't seen cards yet, but I think I'm excited about this one for sure. I I can't I can't wait for Thursday. Yeah, I we might have to do an episode just to go over cards. Definitely. Yeah, they there's a lot of other art like um I don't remember what it's called, but uh it's like a a shell of a human split in half and there's a Frexian inside like hiding. I think it's like citizen arrest or something. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, oh my god, I'm so excited. That looks phenomenal. Then we have we've only seen one planeswalker, and it's not even a bad planeswalker. Right. And oh, they... li- listeners, if we get this out fast enough, what's your prediction on the uh, returning planeswalker? Yeah, that's 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 been a question. I think we know it's not Karn Liberated, which was I of... I want it to be. Yeah. The top prediction right now, listeners, is uh, Liliana the Veil. Right. I think a lot of people do think Teferi here of Dominaria, too. That's what I've seen a lot, is Teferi. Which, I mean, like, would make sense, but it doesn't, like, do anything to the, like, eternal formats. It could be Teferi Master of Time, for the sure. The fucking Crimson <laughs> Val one that's already in standard? No, not not Crimson Val, the, it, like, Core 20, I think. Oh, the f- fucking blue one yeah the the one with uh take two extra turns as his oh, ultimate with phasing. I, I said it should be the one from war on the spark uh the one that's already banded by an ear yeah it'll just be time level level. standard again you know what it'll be the alchemy version <laughs> for four oh my god value. fucking four mana <laughs> oh my gosh could you imagine <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what, what's up with this teferi it's time raveler he's just four mana he's oh my good. gosh that would be so funny. I would, I would, I would <laughs> die. That would be so fucking funny. Just a fairy time raveler. I, I kind of lost it when they printed Renan 7. I was like, oh my god, guys, what are we doing? Yeah, a lot of people thought that was fake. Yeah, I would I would have said, I would have like put money, I would have lost money on a bet. Um, oh, that was fake? Was, oh, for sure. And then Perished Champion, I was like, gosh. Oh, yeah. Well, that was an early preview. Yeah, that, that was an early preview. I was like, guys, what is... Why are we doing this? Like, Parish I, Champion was like out the gate. Yeah, you're right. They're like, what if we were LOL quirky? Right. And I remember seeing all that zombie support being so upset that zombies just never did anything. It's 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 a damn shame because we were we were like, this is what it needs. It needs the uh, Champion of the Parish uh, zombie zombie mode, and it did not matter. Yeah, I was like, it, it just needed something, and there was like, there's a lot of other zombies too that 
came out that were pretty good, like the one that kills a planeswalker. Oh yeah, I thought that card was actually gonna be pretty like, good. Two mana three three. Right, and I heard it was like a cost of some kind to he do exploits. that. Oh yeah, who cares? Like like we you do it himself yeah. if you wanted to. Yeah, right. That's that's sad because it's just like we've had these these cool ideas for good pioneer decks, including zombies, aetherworks, blue red giants, and we can't do any of them. Giants, we lost expressive iteration. That would have been like the only reason to play blue red giants. We have the other two mana. We have a giant iteration. Oh, uh, <laughs> the uh, the anticipate with a flashback or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right. We no, 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 no. The, the saga. Oh, yeah, we have a few sagas. The, the two-man pre- two saga. Right, with the scry... Is it scry two? And then... Uh, and then we, you reveal the top card. If it's a giant, it deals two. And then the next giant spell you cast is two less. Yeah. Hmm. Or no, you, you... I think you draw an extra card, and then you reveal a giant from your hand. Yeah, and then that card, and then it deals too. Right. I we could. I love giants. Yeah, I, w- I dude, I wish Aether works, but with Karn being in the the best deck, Mono. Oh Green, yeah, that's right. Mono Green fucking plays Karn. Yeah, you can't play Aether. Works. Nope. Yeah, it's like we, they, get, they got rid of Teferi, and we were like, hell yeah, it's time. Then... <laughs> no, there's another Planeswalker that that shuts the door. God damn it! But already, yeah, I think uh, I think for next week we'll. Uh, We'll uh, do another episode before we leave. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. All right. Thanks, everyone, for checking us out. We'll catch you guys next time.